Oh Lord Jesus, we do, we come to worship You as our Saviour and as our King this morning. And we open our hearts to You now, Lord. We wanna um, know, Lord, what it is that You have for us this morning. You are the living Word, Lord Jesus. And so come speak to us now, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' Name, Amen. Please be seated. Well, I wanna add my welcome to you as well. It's so great to have you sharing with us today. A special welcome to those joining us online as well. And today we are continuing our series in Jeremiah. Uh, we're up to Jeremiah chapter 42, in fact, we're looking at it. If you wanna follow along in your Bible, um, you can do that or on your device. You're welcome to do that. But as we come to look at this passage today, I actually have a little quiz for you. And the quiz is designed to help you to know whether you are a life planner or a life improviser, okay? Life planner or life improviser. So here are the, the questions. You don't have to share this with anyone, okay? This is just for you, just to reflect on this. So here's the first question. When you go on holiday, what do you prefer to do? A, you like to plan every detail in advance. B, you plan a rough itinerary in advance, leaving some time free. C, you look at a few options in advance, but only really decide when you're, when you're there on the ground. Or D, you rarely plan. You just book at the last minute and go with the flow. Okay, which, have a think, which one you are, A, B, C or D. Here's another one. You've been to a furniture store and have come back with some flat pack furniture that you have to assemble. What are you most inclined to do? A, before you start, you check you have all the components, that they're there and you have all the tools you need, you lay it all out before you. B, you read through the instructions um, carefully and then you follow them step by step. C, you scan the instructions, although you don't always follow them exactly. Or D, you just leap in. You only look at the instructions if you get stuck somewhere along the line, okay? So have a think which one you are, A, B, C or D. Here's another one. No nudging of people next to you, by the way. No elbowing, this is just for you to do this. And the last question, it is seven weeks until Christmas, which I think it is, seven weeks till Christmas. And you have a number of presents to buy. Which best describes you? A, you bought the presents in the January sales to save money and you've already wrapped them. You've got them sorted. You're all ready to go. B, you've bought nearly all your presents and now you've just got to get them wrapped. Um, it's the last thing left to do. C, you've got a rough list started of what you need to get. Or D, you are usually found walking around Chermside at 1 a.m. on the 23rd of December at their all-night shop. Okay, so have a think. Which one you are, A, B, C, or D? If you're mainly A and B in that list, then you are a life planner. If you're mainly C and D, then you are a life improviser. Now, the reason I mention this is because... Oh, Junior Buzz is on, by the way, and Sunday Switch, you haven't already gone out, you're welcome to go out. You go, go for it. Um, the reason I, I give you this quiz around um, life planning or life improvising is because one of the key messages in Jeremiah is that God has a plan for each of our lives. This is a key theme that comes through, and we've seen this a number of times. And whether you're a life planner or a life improviser, it doesn't matter, God has a plan for each of us. Jeremiah 29, 11 has come up quite a few times. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 10, verse 23, Pastor Jody touched on this last Sunday afternoon and evening. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. And this theme is right across the Bible, that God has a plan for each of our lives. And this is comforting to know that God has a plan for us. 
to know that our life is not just a set of random events, that our life actually has meaning and purpose. But it can also be challenging for us. We're gonna see this in the passage today. It actually can be challenging at times, especially when God's plans don't seem to align with our plans. Then this truth can be quite challenging. And so today we're looking at Jeremiah 42 and we're gonna go there now, reading from from verse one. Let me read it for us. It says this, then all the army officers, including Johanan son of Karah and Jezaniah son of Hoshea, and all the people from the least to the greatest approached Jeremiah the prophet and said to him, please hear our petition and pray to the Lord your God for this entire remnant. For as you now see, though we were once many, now only a few are left. Pray that the Lord your God will tell us where we should go and what we should do. So just to give you a bit of the context here, The people are coming to Jeremiah because they are actually full of fear. They are very afraid. They are afraid that the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, is gonna come against them and wipe them out. And there is a reason for this. And that is because they killed the governor that he had put in place over them. Not a super smart move on their part. And now realising what they've done, they are full of fear because they are sure that King Nebuchadnezzar is gonna come against them. And so they decide that the safest action to take in this moment would be to run away in fear to Egypt because Egypt and Babylon were enemies. And I thought, well, if we go there, he's not gonna come against us. And so they come to Jeremiah and say, Jeremiah, would you please pray to God, ask him, what is it that we are meant to do in this moment? This is a great promise in Scripture that God does want to lead us and guide us. He wants to help us in the journey of life. It's not that God created the world and sort of set into motion and then said, there you go, um, best of luck, and just leaves us to our own devices. That is not the God we know from the Bible. Um, He actually wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. He is with us and He is near, not a distant God. This week, in fact, I heard an amazing story around this very truth. This person's getting baptised in a couple of weeks' time, so I won't tell too much of his story, but he was sharing with me how he came to faith through a work colleague. And at the time, the friend actually bought him um, this really nice King James version of the Bible that he gave to him. And um, he really treasured this Bible. He thought it was fantastic. But he found the language, the King James language, a little hard to follow. So he ended up getting another version to, to use for his daily reading. Well, sometime later, he was going through a tough time spiritually. He was wrestling with some doubts. He'd just seen all this stuff around him. He was saying, God, I know I'm not meant to test you. This is a prayer he prayed. God, I know I'm not meant to test you, but God, I just love you to give me a sign, just to assure me that you are with me, that you're real, that you're working, even though... I can't see you at the moment. And that day, he prayed this prayer as he was driving home from work. And that day, as he got home, he just happened to open this drawer that he hadn't opened for a long time. And in it, he found that King James Bible still in brand new condition, untouched. And as he got it out to have a look, he noticed that one of the pages had actually been turned over in that Bible. And he was pretty shocked by this because it was just such a beautiful Bible. He knows he would never um, have turned a page over in this Bible. So he wasn't even sure how this happened. But as he opened it where this page was turned over, it was actually marked the way it was folded, exactly a particular passage of Scripture. And as he read this verse, it was just like God spoke to him in that moment. 
And he knew it was God. He knew it was God answering that prayer. And the verse that was there was Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And this guy was like, thank you, God. That is so assuring. He was faith-filled. He said, God, thank you for answering my prayer. I won't test you again. It's all good. But then the next afternoon, he was driving home from work again and he was listening to the Christian radio station and the verse of the day, the little encouraging message happened to be, just happened to be on this exact same passage again, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And he was like, God, you are so good. Thank you for just assuring me again. I'm good now. You don't have to give me any more times. I'm good, God. Thank you so much. I'm trusting you. But then sometime later, he actually, um, as again, coming home, he, he opens the door and as he comes in the door of his house, his wife's there sitting with his son and they're just sharing together. The son was working through a few things, having a bit of a tough time and the wife was just encouraging him. And she actually, in that moment, just, just encouraging their son, um, had this new Bible that she'd bought that was sitting on the kitchen bench where they were chatting. And she grabbed it in this moment, just prompted and said, hey, let's open this Bible and see her words were, let's see what these beautiful pages have to say. And she just flipped open her Bible and where did it land? But right there again at Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And she shared this passage with her son and the husband was there. And they're like, God, you are so good. Thank you for sharing this truth. It just assures us and encourages us as if that wasn't enough. A little while later again, they were driving around up at Mount Tambourine. They'd been up there for one of the family members' birthdays and they were going for a bit of a drive and the husband just said, hey, let's go for a little explore. And so he just starts driving around. Everyone in the car wasn't super impressed by this. Like, come on, Dad, let's just get back to what we want to do. He said, no, no, we're just going to check out this road. And he drives up this random little road and it comes out at this little lookout and then um, they stop the car. And again, they're not super impressed that they're doing this. They stop the car. His wife opens the door and then just turns to her husband and says, you have to get out of the car. You've got to get out of the car. He's like, what do you mean? He goes, just get out of the car and come around here. And where she'd opened the door, there was a crash barrier right there and written on the crash barrier, right where she opened the door was, guess what written? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. They were so blown away. They took a photo of it. I mean, one thing is if they had parked just a few metres forward or back, they would never have seen it. And who graffitis Bible verses anyway? Who does that? But how good is that church? Don't you think that's encouraging? That's who our God is. That is our God. He is so good. And He wants to lead us and guide us and direct us. And, and we need to understand this truth. This is one of the great promises of the Bible. He's got a plan for us. We're not on our own. And I realise this might be a significant, just this truth alone might be really significant for some here this morning or some listening online. You've got a big decision before you at the moment and you're wrestling with this. You're unsure about what direction to take for the future. Maybe you're fearful about something before you. And I know that often in the business of life and the pressures that come, we can so often just forget to even bring it to God and say, God, would you help me? Would you lead me? Or maybe we don't think that God would care enough about us in that way, but I'm here to tell you this morning that He cares about you. He cares about that situation. He wants to help you. He wants to lead you and direct you in that situation this morning. Or maybe you have brought the decision before God already and you're waiting waiting for Him to lead you or give you direction. Well, I wanna tell you this morning, keep waiting on Him, be patient, keep trusting. Don't rush ahead of Him because He has a plan for you and He's gonna reveal it to you. You can trust Him, don't fear. 
Don't fear that. So God has a plan for us, wants to lead us and guide us. We're not on our own. And here in Jeremiah 42, we see the people are fearful about the future. They're not sure what to do. So they come to Jeremiah. They say, Jeremiah, pray to God, ask God what His will is. And whatever He tells us, we're just gonna do it. We're on board. We're gonna obey God and His will. So let's listen how it continues in verse four. He says, I've heard you, replied Jeremiah the prophet. I will certainly pray to the Lord your God as you've requested. I will tell you everything the Lord says and will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, may the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act in obedience, if we do not act in accordance with everything the Lord your God sends you to tell us. Whether it's favourable or unfavourable, we will obey the Lord our God, to whom we are sending you so that it will go well with us for we will obey the Lord our God. And so Jeremiah goes to prayer for 10 days. And I just wanna say here, obviously that prayer is a critical way of discerning God's will. If you wanna know God's will, if you wanna know His heart, pray about it, bring it before God in prayer. In fact, in a few weeks time, as Jody mentioned, we're gonna have 10 days of prayer. Just like Jeremiah prayed for 10 days, we're gonna pray for 10 days, asking God to bless over this Christmas outreach season. And we're also gonna pray in that time over some visions um, that we are seeking God about for next year. And we're saying, God, we wanna hear from you. We don't want it to be our plans. We wanna know what's your plan, what's your, your will for us. And so I wanna invite you, encourage you to come and to pray with us as we often do as a church, just come and seek Him together. And here in Jeremiah, we see sure enough, at the end of the 10 days, God speaks to him. And so he gets all the people together and he says to them, God has spoken to me and he has told me that you're not to run away in fear to Egypt, but you are to stay where you are. Put your roots down and trust me, I'm gonna protect you from the king of Babylon and you're gonna pros prosper where you are and you're gonna be blessed. And so let's read this, continue to read this from verse seven. It says, 10 days later, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. So he called together Johanan, son of Karah and all the army officers who were with him and all the people from the least to the greatest. And he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition says, if you stay in this land, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you for I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you and will save you and deliver you from his hands. I will show you compassion so that you will have compassion, so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your land. However, if you say we will not stay in this land and so disobey the Lord your God, and if you say, no, we will go and live in Egypt, where we will not see war or hear the trumpet or be hungry for bread, then hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. If you are determined to go to Egypt and you do go to settle there, then the sword you fear will overtake you there and the famine you dread will follow you into Egypt and there you will die. So Jeremiah tells the people, God's spoken um, and here's His will. And you would think that the people would be so happy about this. You'd think they'd just be saying, praise God, God's revealed His will. We now know what to do. This is amazing. But when they hear it, the people actually don't like what Jeremiah tells them. 
And the reason for this is because this plan, God's plan is actually different to the plan that they had come up with. They, it was different to what to them seemed like the safest choice given the circumstances before them. And so rather than just jump in and, and celebrate and give thanks to God, they actually get suspicious of Jeremiah. And they think surely he's like, must be on the side of King Nebuchadnezzar. He must be conspiring something here. And after promising they would obey God, no matter what, remember whether it was favourable, unfavourable, they're gonna follow him. They decide to ignore God's will and to continue and to go to Egypt. And surprise, surprise, the outcome is disaster. And as you read the rest of the story in the following chapters, it is so frustrating as you read it. You keep thinking to yourself, why didn't they just listen to God? Why don't they just follow his plan? Why do they think that they know better than God, the one who created the heavens and the earth? Why don't they just trust him and obey and follow his plan? It's easy to be a bit judgmental and um, to sort of look at this situation and be frustrated and think, man, a lot of these guys are thick, they just don't get it. But how often is this true for us? How often do we say to God, God, please lead me, show me what you want me to do. I'll do whatever you want me to do. We sing, you know, Lord, have your way in me. And then God speaks to us and shows us what his will is. And we go, oh, actually, God, that wasn't quite what I had in mind when I said, show me your plan. I know this has so often been my story along the journey. And I know there are many of us here today who could share stories of times we've ignored God's will and We've gone our own way, we've taken things in our own hands and then we have regretted the outcome. We're all so prone to this. We are very good at coming up with reasons that seem so good to ignore God's plan and to follow our own plans. We miss out on what God wants to do or we, we end up following a path that leads to unnecessary pain and heartache and brokenness and mess. And then often we can find ourselves in that spot. And what do we do? We often then blame God and say, God, how could you let this happen to me? How could you take me to this place? And we get angry at God and all the time God is saying, I never intended for you to go this path. This was never my plan for you in the first place. I came across a great quote um, not so long ago now that says this, it really impacted me, but it says this, most people want Jesus as a consultant rather than a king, but he doesn't come that way. Isn't that true? So often we want him as a consultant, but he is actually our king. We often can think of God as being sort of like a life coach here just to help us on our journey rather as being the Lord of our lives where we submit our will to him. We wanna keep control, don't we? We wanna decide whether we'll accept his advice or not, but God is not like that. And often that um, great proverb three, five and six that we were looking at before, often we can understand or read this passage as meaning that we bring all of our plans and our dreams to God and we commit them to him and then God's gonna bless them and bring success to our plans. Often that is how we can read this proverb when we read it. But that is actually not what that proverb says. When it says in there, in all your ways, acknowledge him, the word acknowledge actually means to submit to him. The NIV translates it this way. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, is what it says, and he will make your path straight. 
And I want you to see this morning that this is the key. We are called to simply trust and obey Him. This is, this is central to us knowing God's heart, knowing His will and following Him. Elizabeth Elliot was a missionary to the jungles of Ecuador and um, her husband, Jim Elliot, was tragically killed by the very people they went there to reach, the ones that they were seeking to help and encourage. And talk about things not going to plan. Imagine going to the, to the jungle to be missionaries and then your husband is killed. And their story actually has been made into a film called The End of the Spear, which you can watch. Powerful story. And in the years that followed, Elizabeth Elliot actually wrote a book called Knowing God's Will. And in it, she says this. She says, finding God's will is not coming to God and saying, if I trust you, you will do such and such. That's the way we want to read um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. But she says, no, if you want God, and she come to God and say, I trust you, give me or not give me whatever you choose, Lord, what you will, when you will, how you will. That is how we are to come to God. God is asking us to trust and obey Him above all else. And we see so clearly in this passage that He is calling us to lay down our plans and our desires and to lay down our fears and to simply obey Him. You know, as I've reflected back over this season more recently, in so many ways, it has felt exactly like this for me and for us as a church in many ways. In fact, as I look back over this last 12 months, 18 months, it actually reminded me of many years back for us now as a church, back in 2004, when God called us as a church to split our morning services, in, our morning service, we had one service, into two services. And this was a really big thing for us at the time, a really tough decision to make. We had one service, the church was just a lovely size, people knew each other, there was lots of fantastic relationships, but the church was growing and as we were praying, we sensed God was calling us that we needed to split our service into two because we need to cre- continue to create space and opportunities for people to come and to hear the good news about Jesus. And at the time, we really wrestled with this because we knew what it would mean. We knew the costs involved in terms of people wouldn't be able to connect with each other as easily. We'd have to double up all the volunteers of everything we were doing. And I remember as we were praying, we sensed strongly that God was calling us to step forward in obedience and to split this service in two. And it certainly was not um, the first preference for many of us. This definitely wasn't the thing that we all were really excited about doing, but we knew God had called us to do it. And so in obedience, we stepped forward. And as we did, we saw tremendous blessing flow through that. Many more people came to faith in, in Jesus. And that's his. In fact, over that time, the church nearly doubled just soon after we did that. It was incredible what God did. And it's felt like that again more recently in this COVID season when it first hit and we went into lockdown and we had to adapt again and go to live streaming. At first I thought, well, God, this is a great little temporary solution for us. Let's just get through this season. Then we can get, you know, wrap this thing up and get back to normal church. That's what I was thinking in my mind at the time because I'll be honest and say at the start, I was not particularly a big fan of, of doing the whole live stream thing for a few reasons. One, I know how important it is that we are meeting together in person. There's nothing like meeting in person with one another. The Bible talks about that. I was worried about how people might use it as an excuse just to sort of disengage spiritually. That went through my mind. I was worried about the giving. You know, if people aren't here, how are they going to give and how are we going to continue to be about God's kingdom work? It isn't sort of prayers and concerns the senior pastor thinks about. 
Not only that, but I'm not a big fan of getting up in front of big crowds. Um, it's not my natural thing. And then the thought of it being streamed out further than that um, wasn't really good in terms of um, the peace, peace for me. Um, and then added to that, I know that when you start going down this road, it's so easy uh, to be open to misunderstanding and criticism. People misunderstand what you're trying to do when you go down this track and think, well, it's just about production and those sort of things. And so I want to tell you, honestly, I wasn't super keen on it. I thought, let's do the bare minimum, get through this season and get back to doing normal church. But I can remember clearly when the turning point came for me. I remember we were preaching through the Jesus, the Game Changer series. The title of that series was To the Ends of the Earth. Um, and the subtitle was Making Jesus' Last Words Our First Priority, the Great Commission to go to the ends of the earth, tell everyone the good news. And I was preaching on Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. And as I was preparing the message, the video for that week, um, there were some words in that video that God just used to speak straight to me. And it was these words, this line from Peter Rowan, the National Director of OMF in the UK. In the interview, he said this. He said, back 150 years ago, mission was from the West to the rest, but now it is very much from everywhere to everyone. And a part of what he was talking about was that the online opportunities we now have to share the gospel and the fact that in the past, God has always used technology to advance the gospel. Initially in the first century, it was the Roman road system, this technology that the Romans had built that enabled after that day of Pentecost for the gospel to spread quickly right across that region of the world, much further than if that system wasn't in place. Then the 1500s during the Reformation, when again, the spirit of God was moving, it was the printing press, the technology of the day that God used to help spread the gospel far and wide. And then today again, and I believe the spirit of God is moving again and he has given us online technology. And the difference this time is that the, the reach is literally limitless. Right? And the Roman road system was amazing. It reached a huge area. The printing press even more again the reach it had. But today, through this online technology, the limit is, the reach is limitless. No boundaries to the reach. And it was like God said in that moment as I was watching that video, preparing that message, stop holding back. Stop limiting what I wanna do. Stop making excuses. Don't let your fears get in the way. Get on board with what I am doing and just obey me. And that's the key, isn't it? Allow God to speak, he wants to lead us. And then we say, God, I'm gonna obey you. I'm gonna follow your call. And from that moment on, I had a shift in my heart. I decided despite my questions, my hesitancy, my fears, I was gonna just trust God and obey him. And suddenly, as you know, the vision got a whole lot bigger. We changed it to everyone, everywhere, the vision that God gave to us. And in the moment I made, or we made collectively that decision as a church to step forward in obedience. Again, we began to see the blessing of God poured out. People were being reached who would never normally step foot in a church. They were able to have a bit of a look inside before they came and went, hey, I'm gonna come, I wanna be there. Some amazing stories of that. People who couldn't get out are able to link in, were able to link into prayer meetings and pray with other believers. Those struggling with mental illness were blessed to watch from the safety of their own home. Someone just shared with me again after the first service that that was their story and they're back in church here the last few weeks but said, thank you, because I was able to keep connecting during that season. People who are attending courses, the courses boomed as we put them online because people with little kids who couldn't get babysitting were able to come out and people busy with work pressures were able to link in to the courses. Our English classes began reaching people all around the world. It was amazing. 
Was I still stretched? Yes, I was. Did I still feel uncomfortable at times? Yes, I wanna be honest with you, church. I continually feel uncomfortable as God leads us and unveils his plans. Did people misunderstand at times what we were doing? Yes, they did. But I knew God had spoken. And my job, our job as a church was to trust and obey and then leave the outcome to him. And that has always been our heart as a church. Right from the start, just to pray, say, God, show us your will. It's not about my preferences, my plans, what I feel capable of or comfortable with, or even about worrying about how maybe I could be misunderstood. It's about saying, God, you have spoken, you have led, so we will follow with wholehearted obedience. And our part in this is to stay humble, to keep our hearts in the right place before God to pray and keep on praying and then pray some more because we need the Holy Spirit to come and to move without Him. We can do nothing. And we need to keep pointing people to Jesus above all us, not pointing people to us, not pointing people to our our own um, particular um, way of doing things or this church, but pointing people to Jesus because He is the hope of the world. He is the hope of the world. Without the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. And just this week, I was reminded again of the great blessing that has been flowing through your willingness, church, to step forward in obedience to the things that he has called us to. Even when maybe we haven't felt comfortable or it's been a bit out of our comfort zone or not our first preference. But listen to this one. Just this last week, Pastor Andrew and a small team went to visit Billawheeler Baptist Church to encourage and pray for the church and their ministry and the community up there. As part of our regional partnerships we've been doing and they were able to pass on 15 of those Christmas hampers as you saw today. They've, they've given those Christmas hampers to, the, to Pastor Nathan Stanley up there and he's gonna give them out to people in that community who are doing it tough this Christmas. Jordan, one of our Switch youth, was able to share her story. She was recently baptised here and it encouraged people greatly in that service that day. It was a really blessed time. But the week just prior to Andrew and the team travelling out to Billawheeler, Margaret from Eidsvold emailed into the church. Margaret and her sister Chrissy regularly joined Bridgman Online, thanks to the invitation of friends of theirs, Tony and Karen, who come here to Bridgman. And there are very few opportunities for Christian encouragement in Eidsvold, a town of just 570 people. But it just so happened that Eidsvold was on the direct route to Billawheeler, and so Andrew was able to visit Margaret and Chrissy on the way home. And Andrew was so moved by this time he spent with these two amazing ladies that he actually captured it on video. And so I want to show you this clip this morning. Check this out, church. Hello, Bridgman. Hello, Bridgman. This is Chrissy, and I'm Margaret. And we're just um, very encouraged by your sermons, and we just absolutely love them. Um, our friend Tony and Karen well, had invited us to watch, watch there. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've loved it ever since. So. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very encouraging. My um, heart is to be able to reach out to the young people here. A couple of the older people have been asking if we could start a Sunday school. So we've been praying about that and looking at how to do all that. I am a kindy teacher, but um, I'm retired now. But um, yeah, God put that on my heart and it'll be really lovely to do something for the community. 
How good is that, church? Isn't that fantastic? Uh, Margaret and Christy, if you're watching online this morning, a massive welcome to you in Eidsvold. Be assured of our prayers and thoughts for you there as well, and particularly that vision to start a Sunday school there. How good is it to be a part of God's plans? So the call for us as a church and for each of us personally this morning is this. Our call is to lay down our plans, to not hold back or limit what God wants to do, but to say, yes, God, we will follow you as you lead, as you direct. We're gonna follow you in obedience because God is looking for hearts ready to obey his call above all else. That's what he wants. 1 Samuel 15, 2 says, to obey is better than sacrifice. This is God's heart. And this is the key this morning. I want you to hear this. This is the key. Praying, seeking God, asking him to reveal his will and then following him in wholehearted obedience. And God's desire through this is to see everyone everywhere have the opportunity to hear of the life transforming truth of Jesus and his love and forgiveness and the eternal life and the hope that is found in him alone. And so as we conclude this morning, we're gonna have an opportunity to respond as we share in communion Together, And I I want this to be an opportunity for us to actually come before Jesus this morning and come before him and really acknowledge that he is not some consultant that we are coming to. He's not some advisor that we are coming to, but he is our king, that he is our Lord. He is King Jesus. And as we come to him as our king this morning, as we share in communion together, we lay down our plans again at the foot of the cross. We lay down... Um, the, the dreams and desires maybe that we have, we say, God, I lay them at your feet. I wanna trust and obey you above all else. And I feel that for some here this morning, this is a very significant moment, in fact, as we share in communion. I'm so glad we had communion as a way to respond today, but this is a significant moment. For some of you, you're in the process of making a decision, whether you're here or online this morning, you're in the process of making a decision and you are um, ignoring God. Just like in this story in Jeremiah 42, you're going your own way rather than God's way. And maybe God has shown you that this morning. There's actually, you're following your own path, you're not on His path. And He's showing you that this morning and saying, don't head down that path, stop, turn around, follow my plan for you. He, he doesn't want you because He knows what it will mean if you follow that path, the heartache, the pain, the brokenness, the mess it's gonna create. Or maybe this morning you're here and you know it's not God's will, but you're just sort of trying to ignore it and you're just following your own path. God says, you don't, I love you. I care about you. Follow my plan and my purpose for you. And He wants you to know that this morning. For others here, you have some plans mapped out for the future and you've just been this mode of just asking God just to bless your plans. Just saying, God, just bless us. I've got it mapped out. I know where I'm heading. God, would you just bless my plans This morning, God is saying to you, no, 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 that's not the way to do it. He's saying, come, I want you to lay down your plans before me and ask me to show you what my plan is for you because his plan is perfect. His plan is so much greater. He invites us this morning to come before him as as our king, surrender that to him. For others, you're following God's plan, but it's been a really hard journey. You know where God wants you to be. But just like for Elizabeth Elliot, as you follow God's plan, you've stepped into it and there's been some real hardships you face. There's been some pressure come on, like Elizabeth Elliot, you know, the passing of a loved one. I don't know what it is for you, but there's a significant challenge there and you're saying, God, where are you? How come you led me into this place? But he wants to assure you this morning that he is with you, that he is for you, that he is working out his plans, even in the midst of the trials and the challenges. 
that you might be facing. You might be questioning God wants you to know this morning, He loves you, He is with you, that you can trust Him and He is working out His plan in the midst of that situation. And for others here this morning, either online or here in person, you've laid your plans before God, you've been praying and you've been laying it before Him, but you're still waiting on that direction from Him. It hasn't come yet and you're waiting well, God says to you this morning, just be patient. Don't rush ahead. Don't be tempted to jump in and take hold of it, but to trust Him as you're waiting. Don't fear, don't be afraid. God is with you. He's gonna reveal to you His plan in His perfect time. Just keep your eyes fixed on Him and look to Him. And He wants you to know that this morning in a special way. No need to fear for the future. He is gonna lead you and guide you. So the team are gonna come and they're gonna sing the first verse this beautiful song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, reflecting on all that Jesus has done for us. He's the most amazing King, I wanna tell you that. A King who came and gave His life for us. You can trust Him completely. But let's use this as a moment just to lay our plans down before Him this morning. Say, God, reveal Your will. I wanna trust You wholeheartedly. I wanna obey Your call on my life. So let's reflect and worship together as the band is leading us. Let's stay seated as the band leads us. says being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death and even death on a cross therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord Jesus, we thank You. We just wanna acknowledge this morning that You are the most amazing King. And Lord, it's with joy in our hearts that we come before You, Lord, and we surrender afresh, Lord. We lay our plans down before You. We ask, Lord Jesus, that You would reveal to us, show us Your will, that we'd seek to obey You above all else, Lord. Whatever that looks like for us in our different circumstances and situations and the journey You have us on. But Lord, this morning we just wanna say, we trust You, Lord God. We trust You, Lord Jesus. You who gave Your very life for us, we know we can trust You completely. And so we wanna affirm that this morning. And Lord, we wanna live in wholehearted obedience to all that You have for us. 
And so we thank you, Lord Jesus. You are our King. You are our Lord. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, in fact. The risen, exalted one. And so we humble ourselves before you now. We bow our knee before you now in our hearts, Lord, and ask you just to lead us in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. The night Jesus was betrayed, He took the bread and He broke it. And He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take the bread and eat it. Remembrance of the sacrifice that I've made for you. I want you to take the bread right now, just to eat that and give thanks in your heart as you continue to respond now. same way after the meal, He took the cup. He said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant, my blood shed for the remission of sins. He said, I want you to take this and drink it. Do this until I come again, that you remember all that I have done for you, the way that's been made open through my sacrifice on the cross. So why don't we take the cup now, let's drink together as we give thanks. Oh Lord Jesus, we worship You this morning. We thank You. Thank You for Your truth. Thank You for Your promises in Your Word. And now we just wanna continue to respond in our hearts to worship You as our Saviour, our King, as our Lord in Jesus' Name. Amen. Let's stand together, church, as we continue to respond in worship now. Sing some more of this beautiful hymn together.
Lord, all the praise, all the honour, all the glory goes to You, Lord Jesus. Bless each one here, I pray, as we just move out into this week ahead of us, Lord. We hear Your Word, we wanna live in obedience to it. Bless our conversations now as well, Lord, as we continue to share together. We ask this in Jesus' Name, Amen. Please be seated. Some of our prayer team will be down the front. They love to pray for you. If you're online, email through to prayer at bridgman.org.au. Our Connections Lounge will be opening up. And don't forget too, our letter writing to the persecuted believers in prison. You can do that. And also our hamper table. If you wanna go there and sponsor a hamper or find out more or nominate someone for that, you can do that as well. But God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us.